Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Hello, my sweet ones. Hello, sweeties. <laughs> Welcome to Almost 30. You don't need to be any age. You can be whatever age you want. You can be you can be yourself. <laughs> you can be yourself. We've had a day of recording. It has been a lot of energy. Yes. Truly very incredible, much needed. Yes. Uh, conversations and energy flowing through almost 30 HQ. But I was just, we were just talking about how I was like, oh, it's not that I'm tired. I'm just kind of like, Mm -hmm. I need a moment. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Where I'm like, I have to remember sometimes when we're talking to like the most profound people on the planet, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I need to come back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, it is. It's one, it's, you want to be more in, like you want to be more in reverence of the conversation mm-hmm. instead of being like, bye. And then you're like on your computer. Exactly. Writing an email or something. You know, you want to be exactly. like, I know I've completely thought about that too. And it's then, yeah. It, yeah. It's almost like relishing. Relishing. I, I, I love to relish more. Whenever anyone has like one thing a day, I'm like, that's my goal soon. Yes. When people are like, what are you doing today? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm back like, to back Yeah, from someone to seven. was like, can I come over and- can I come over this week? And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, it's like come over during the day. I know. Well, yeah. When I'm here, we we really pack it in. Yes. Maybe next time we'll 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 schedule in some little resties. But. And when you are with, and we when we have had interviews with really big dynamic energies, there's a lot happening in the conversation, and then yeah. there's a lot happening outside of it you know, in the quantum mm-hmm. or just in the, and the energy. So that's the thing too, is we have different various energies and situations and conversations that are kind of pulling us in different, in different ways. So it can get really tiring. I mean, thinking about having deep, intense, intimate conversation for three hours a day, mm-hmm. like how often and how quickly people numb out Yes, with little engagement. It's a lot, mm-hmm. you know, to, to pay attention for that long. So yeah, just sharing BTS. Just sharing some BTS because <laughs> Lindsay on our last call was, wow. I was just like, well, I couldn't. I know. I couldn't, couldn't find it. I couldn't find my place. I was like, <laughs> I was like, am I needed here? <laughs> I'm just oh kind of like, That's there's fucking, fucking hilarious. nine people on the call. I'm like, which Brady am I? <laughs> I couldn't find my place. <laughs> That's so fucking real for everyone on Zoom <laughs> with more than like four people on a call. It's like, what is my place? I'm going to do other stuff. Well, also I just, sometimes I don't have like, uh, not patience because that seems too no, harsh, it's but it's like, it's, I, I don't have patience for like, yeah, where it's like, it's almost like a oh, time waster, but then I'll start to waste time too because we're just wasting time. So I'm like- 100%. <laughs> 100. What was I actually looking at? Um, maybe it was our friend Natalie from Boss Babe now only does maybe one, two meetings a week or something and her productivity has gone up or smart. Forget, forget who it was, but they were just talking a lot about how with less meetings, sometimes productivity can just be really increased. And I do think that there's something that happens where it's like, you ha- kind of have to like, it. Exp- okay, time expands and you kind of have to pull the reins on some things where you're like, what are we doing here? Yeah. You kind of get on this train or track with meetings or calls and like all of a sudden you're like, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Like some, you know, it's just kind of like no one's really paying attention, but we're all there and we're all kind of talking. You need to be like pulling back. Hello, everyone. Yeah. 
who are you and why are you here? <laughs> who are you and why are you here? <laughs> I don't have a place. I'm going to hit the road. <laughs> you guys, can, I'll be over here if you need me. It was, it, it's just, <laughs> and honestly, running a tight meeting is an amazing gift. It's an art. It's an art. Keeping, but this is the whole thing is we've been on Zoom for over a year. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're all kind of like, anytime we kind of get on Zoom and we're in that space, it's hard to pay attention. You almost leave your body right away. Yes. You're like, oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Krista's with the cat. I'm like on Dude, my phone. I was, I was petting my cat the whole time. Out of frame. She would go out of frame. I was out of frame petting my cat. Uh, uh. Not even meaning to be disrespectful, just like, also, it's just, I mean, you all know this. It's it's hard after a long day to just really pay attention for a long period of time about things. Give yourself some room to laugh about it. Just LOL about Zoom. Oh, man. Well, today's interview, I swear to you, well, first, I feel like this has been... Long time. Long time in the making. I started listening to podcasts uh, 2003. 13, Rich Roll was one of my first. So I listened to Rich Roll and then Tim Ferriss and then Lewis Howes. Those were my first podcasts, I believe. And I was in New York City and I was commuting like, you know, the normal New York City commute, 45 minutes um, every day. And then, and then some whenever I was going places. And so I found podcasts and it changed my life. My friend, Adam Kossoff, introduced me, who you met, you know, Adam, mm-hmm. introduced Adam. me to podcasts. He's like, I think you'd like these. And I remember actually we were in Union Square. We had met up and he's like, I think you'll really like this and showed me podcasts. And I was just hooked. You know, the opportunity to learn um, while I was on my way to work and I didn't want to read. I didn't want to look at my phone. I didn't want to listen to music. Mm. And it really, really, truly, truly changed my life. And Rituals was one of them. You know, I really just love... Rich's vocabulary. I love his depth. I love his questions. I love his like honesty. And whenever he would have his wife on, Julie Pyatt, Trimati, who's on the show today, it was just mind blowing. Like I had really never had access to someone that was that dialed, mm-hmm. you know? And a lot of the concepts that she talked about throughout the, throughout the years on the ritual show really are things that I think about, like they're the things that you never forget. You know how sometimes people will say something one-off, like example, Manuela, who we had on the podcast a bit ago, we had Palo Santo out and she's like, oh yeah, do you guys use it to clear? And we're like, yeah, sometimes we'll use a little bit of Palo Santo spray or whatever to clear. And she's like, I find that it calls in spirits for me. And I'll just never forget that. It's like a weird thing. I'm like, oh, it sometimes can call in spirits. So with um, Julie Pyatt, Srimati, it was like that, you know, whether it was her talking about their financial collapse and really the fact that she completely, like we talked about in this episode, held the pose and held the faith in life, in their relationship with spirit, that they would get out of this mm-hmm. spiritual moment. I mean, that is so powerful. Y'all, and, let's have to say, I mean, four yes, kids. Four kids living in a had just had a baby with... And living really well. Yes. And she'll talk about it a little bit more and they go in detail on Rich Roll, but they had cars repossessed. They had people trying to get their house. They had no money in their checking, no money in any of their bank accounts. She almost couldn't buy herself tea at Starbucks and they were just the very bottom. And now you can see that they're very both successful doing things that they love, living a life of heart that they love and making a lot of impact. So especially as the feminine, you know, I think that's what I didn't see um, 
as an example, in my life, I didn't see the woman really holding it down in the way of like the faith. Yes. And so to be the one that is more intuitive oftentimes is more connected, is more spiritually focused and really be that for the family. It's just Mm -hmm. so powerful. And then there was a lot about spirituality that she spoke about, you know, whether it was ayahuasca and talking about how sometimes you can open up portals and dimensions to places you might not want to go and other different things. It was just very advanced. Like she was, she's been probably one of the most advanced Yes. Spiritual women that I've been able to have access to. So to have her on the show is just incredible. You know, it feels like a full circle moment. And I really enjoyed this conversation and I know you will too. She has something about the way that she speaks where you really listen. There's really no room for you to not listen. Mm -hmm. And so this one will be one that, you know, you're going to find yourself enjoying all the way through. Yeah, she really knows herself. And granted, she just turned 59. She's going through her second Saturn return, which we talked about but there really is this emanation of like such a profound beauty from her because Mm -hmm. she knows herself, Mm -hmm. you know? And we talk about beauty actually at the top of this episode, um, which was really powerful and fascinating. We also talk about rewriting, how to be in partnership. We talk about alchemy. We talk about collaboration. Um, We talk about just how every single moment is divine and really kind of tracking through her life. And even those moments of just absolute rock bottom, how how truly divine they are. So this one is another one that you're going to want to listen to over and over. I'm sure share with your friends, save. Um, she's just a beautiful soul. She's not only a mystic, but she's a musician. She's an artist. She's a chef, author, healer. So truly just kind of like living fully in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's really Completely. cool to see. Yeah, it's a mix of spirituality. It's a mix of personal growth. And I think this one was really powerful. Me and Lindsay felt really aligned and excited to share this with you. So if you find you connect with it, definitely share with a friend, send to someone you love, have a conversation about it. I find it to be incredibly inspiring. And then you can find more information about Sri Mati on her website. Her website is juliepyatt.com. And her Instagram is Srimati. So S-R-I-M-A-T-I. And then she has Srimu, which is the subscription box artisanal knot cheeses, which are plant-based cheeses, which I'm so excited to try. Yes, same. I'm so excited. Same. Um, And she also has, you probably know the cookbook, The Plant Power Away. Um, I have Plant Power Away. You do? Mm-hmm. Mm. I wish I make some cooked one it. recipe out of it. But <laughs> I've never cooked a single recipe Aww. from a cookbook in my life. Yeah, she's... It was a dream. It was a sweet moment <laughs> for me. I was like, I want to support like their family. One day. And then never use it. And she has a podcast for the life of me. And you can also listen to her husband's podcast, Rich Roll, the Rich Roll podcast. And she's been on a ton of times. So search those episodes. But Julie, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy this one. Enjoy this one. Almost30.com, Almost30 podcast. I am at It's Krista on Instagram. And I'm at Lindsay Simsick. Enjoy. Bye. Major announcement from Almost30. We are hosting Space Camp on January 28th. This is our favorite event of the year. Camp Almost30 has gotten a little bit of a rebrand because we were feeling like, I think we're ready to really go there with our community. So we are welcoming guests who we feel have really taken us to 
a whole other planet in our interviews and in our conversations with them. So guests like Brie Melanson, she is going to be doing a workshop on psychic development, find and tap into your gifts. She is a teacher and channel and one who has really been such a support and teacher for Chris and I throughout the years. We are welcoming Jordan Younger. So she is going to help us find our galactic Origins. She is the podcast host of the Balanced Blonde podcast. She's an author. She's a spiritual teacher. We're also welcoming Lee Harris, who recently was on the podcast in a two-part episode, and he is going to channel the Z's live for us. How special. He does not do this often, so we feel very, very, very lucky. And we will also be welcoming Sandra Walter. So she is going to be teaching on Ascension 101, the crystalline grid and higher realm support. She is so special. She's a light worker and teacher and has been on the podcast. And Kristen and I are going to be sharing a very, very, very special experience, heavenly coated Reiki infused sound bath. And I'm excited for you all to join us. So this is happening on January 28th from 10 to 2 p.m. PST. Make sure you sign up. Space is limited, but it's absolutely free. Absolutely free. We're excited to welcome you. And this is the kickoff to membership opening. So membership is going to be open indefinitely now. So you can join membership for six months at a time and really, really focus uh, and support your growth. It is our favorite place to just come and be ourselves and really get super intimate with you all, more intimate than on the podcast. So I'm excited for you all to join the membership, but head to almost30.com slash space dash camp. That's almost30.com slash space dash camp, space dash camp. (laughs) Say that 30 times. Almost30.com slash space dash camp to sign up for camp. Absolutely free. We will see you on January 28th. Architecture is one of the ways in which truth with a capital T, like divine knowledge Mm -hmm. embodies. Mm, Tell me more. Yeah. It's like, well, when you think of it, it's like um, we are energetic beings and Mm -hmm. we have architectural energetics about us Mm -hmm. and everything, everything in the universe uh, sources that way or experiences Mm -hmm. life in that way. And so it, it, I've had the privilege of living in an architectural home and being very connected to architects actually throughout my whole life. When I was a child, I grew up in a Neutra, but not because my parents had the Neutra. My brother's best friend's father built it and then my friend lived in it. And we were in Anchorage, Alaska. Like, how do you... <laughs> Wait, what's a Neutra? I actually yeah, don't know Neutra, what a Neutra is. It's a, it's, a, it's a famous architect that cool. is part of the case studies movement which is this so, sort of postmodern California wave of mm. architecture. So it's my house, Jai House, which is the architect is Lorcan O'Hurley. Um, he's much in that genre of that, you know, type of, of, of design of architecture. So I had written in my unpublished memoir, which I am still writing on, which is forever <laughs> expanding and continuing, um, I included a section in there about architects, really speaking to that architects are are deep healers of our life. Mm. And especially, I think, in the U.S. more, we haven't really been in touch with that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you have a lot of 
you know, maybe things that didn't need to be built. (laughs) But I think on the other side, when I was building my house, you know, people were like, well, you could, you could just do it yourself. And it's true. I could have just done it myself. I'm a designer. I've done interior design. I've done fashion. I'm an artist. Sure. I could have done it myself, but it would not be anywhere near Mm. the experience uh, of collaborating with Lorcan and having this amazing artist in that field of architecture work with me to create something beyond. Mm. So, and my house has been one of the most photographed houses of the decade, the last decade. (laughs) We're already in a new decade. Um, But she was on the cover of Italian Vogue, British GQ, ARC Record, Rob Report. I mean, quite a lot, quite a lot of celebration of her. So mm. um, anyway, so I don't know how we got off on that. I but- just, because we were asking about the house, the remodel. And mm. I'm actually glad you brought up the architecture piece because um, I wanted to talk a lot about beauty. And, you know, you've helped reframe a lot for me in my life just through the years. I started listening to Rich eight years ago when I was in New York. I was just having my spiritual awakening. And when you would come on, it was like this. I had never heard a woman be so in her power in the way that you were. And it was like this like drop of like clear medicine that was like, whoa, I had never, because the ways in which I had heard women be in their power was it was the ways in which of like what the feminist movement has portrayed, which is working hard, climbing the ladder, that sort of thing. But yours was just such a medicine woman way of expressing yourself that I I just will never forget. And one of the things that you really retaught me or reframed for me was around beauty and the importance of beauty. And it really liberated for me a lot of the shame I felt of wanting to live in beautiful spaces or see beautiful things or feel beautiful in my clothes and feel beautiful in my experience. Can you talk a little bit more about how you perceive and see beauty? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for that. I'm I'm honored that I held a little bit of support or oh, yes. inspiration for you. So thank you for that recognition. Uh, sometimes, you know, when I'm when I'm kicking dirt, I'm like, I'm just going to go sing and I'm going to stop talking completely because <laughs> my singing voice is very soft. Like when people hear me sing, they're like, that's your voice. That's your singing voice. And it's very soft and very feminine. And it's it's a very sacred thing for me. And a lot of times when I listen to myself back, I'm like, oh, like you're, you know, because when I speak, there is a certain energy or power mm-hmm. that I feel. And yes. so sometimes my personality would prefer me to not be so intense. So thank you for that Mm -hmm. reflection. But I think that, you know, maybe in the earlier days of my spiritual awakening, which is forever going eternally for multiple lifetimes. So it's just, you know, nobody, nobody get all excited because you've hit a level because (laughs) there is no level. Um, But I guess what, um, what was amazing, and, and I feel some of the energetic of what you were just speaking to. So it's the conflict when we step on the path and we're like, wait, I'm, I'm spiritually connected. So now I want to be a monk and I should be okay with shaving my head. And, you know, how about if I put on this orange, you know, robe or I sleep on the floor on a mat? You know, all these are experiences that can be very beneficial and very expansive. And we are in a modern world and likely we have had those experiences in other space times or other places of our identity. And what I started to realize that even the shaved head is an outfit, you know, even the orange robe is an outfit. And so when I used to be um, suspect or critical of myself for, for instance, liking to perform or liking to speak or wanting to be seen, um, what I started to do is shift the lens on that and 
receive that as a divine part of my makeup. So if mm. I am going to uh, be one of the luminaries of this planet and this realm. So, so what if that attribute of mine, the fact that I love fashion, that I was fashion designer, that I love ceremoniously dressing myself, that being in an amazing space impacts the energetics of everything that I'm doing. So what if all of that is in fact part of my superpower, is in fact the thing that makes me able to fully embody all that I am? And then I came into connection with that beauty is actually the first tenet of a spiritual life. As human beings, being in beauty, now that might, I'm not talking about beauty from the mall, but let's talk about beauty uh, connected to nature and the nectar of a mango and the aroma of a lemon and the, you know, the otherworldly magic of a, of a leaf, of a plant. Like yesterday, I was walking just somewhere very normal and I looked down and saw this leaf that looked like it, it was out of Avatar. And I just said to it, like, you're so beautiful. Like, you know, it's all around us. And being in that beauty through food, through sensuality, through sensory experiences, I mean, we are in the physical form. We are in the form. And so a beauty for me is the foundation of living a spiritual life. Mm. Yeah, I, I've often had those moments in nature and and I've noticed a correlation between my ability to have reverence for nature and my ability to have reverence for my own beauty. And there are days when, you know, we're a little bit harder on ourselves and it's almost like that awareness switch isn't turned on. And so I'm unable to really take in the beauty around me and have reverence for that because of kind of this inner dialogue or um, resistance to really like owning, but uh, owning my own beauty, but also on days when I'm like, wow, I look in the mirror, I'm like, you're so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm like then high the rest mm-hmm. of the day. I'm like, I see it. I see it in every little thing and every person's face and the trees. So as far as this like inner dialogue with yourself around your own beauty, was it always as what I'm seeing as like clear and confident? No, I mean, uh, you know, definitely not. I mean, there's, so let me get to, this is the basis of my spiritual mentorship group, Water Tiger, which is an online community that I lead monthly. And um, what happened is about two years ago, I just became overwhelmed and overcome with this awareness that all of the energy that we are putting out on social media is polluting the energetic field. And I was uh, deeply struck with the need to make sure that what I was sharing was curated in a certain way, almost like the most beautiful collection, you know, like, and, and being conscious of, you know, filming yourself brushing your teeth is not without a negative drag, like mm. on the totality of life, mm. right? And so it's this very push-pull, very... um very complex thing, social media. And obviously we're, we're both, you know, connected to uh, sharing our messages online. And I've met some really amazing people and had transformative experiences there. But, but let's really look at what are we doing to the energetic, like thoughts are things and mm-hmm. content is thing, is a thing. And so, you know, do you really need to post, like, if you look at what you're sharing from that viewpoint and you're wanting to be living in harmony with life, then, you know, what is, 
what is worthy and what is waste, basically. So I was uh, overcome and I thought, you know, I'm going to not post and I'm going to, I had, I had, I took a step back and I didn't expect the step to be a year and a half, but I just kept feeling this energetic of no, no. And I did a lot of inner searching about, okay, if I was going to leave the planet tomorrow, what do I want to have left for my family, those those other humans that are searching like me, and what would um, be a completion of the gifts that I've been given? You know, because in the sharing of the gifts we've been given is part of the digesting of the experience of learning. It's like you have to mm-hmm. offer it back before you're fully complete. Um, and so I spent this time curating. Well, what would that be? And so Water Tiger is what I call a way to no way. And this way to no way is a portal of techniques that lead you back into full union and love with yourself. Now, why is that? A lot of time in spirituality, we think, well, wait to serve the other. That's the highest spiritual way. And and even martyrdom, and it's in our history, you know, even going back. And um, I wasn't even really always connected with it. Sometimes martyrdom hides in a in a lens of loyalty, okay? And you can be very, think loyalty is a very good thing. It's a very altruistic thing. But if you examine it more deeply, it's the other side of martyrdom. So with Water Tiger, if I could provide techniques that were useful, simple, beautiful, applicable to anyone, no matter if they're in a multidimensional experience of life and, you know, love Star Wars and, you know, multi-planet uh, vistas like me, or if you're just a salt of the earth person that just wants to walk, um, they had to apply to everyone and be this support. And what Water Tiger's mission is, the reason it's called Water Tiger is because I worked with this uh, Chinese physician who reminded me that I'm a tiger, but he said, you're not just a tiger, you're a water tiger, which affects your sensitivity immensely, Mm. which is your superpower and also can be your fragility if you don't understand it. So the whole time I was doing it, I was looking for a much more marketable term that would really, really hit that, you know, like a one word thing, Mm -hmm. but it never came. And so Water Tiger is because those techniques allow you to fall into your life print Mm. and really embody who you are. So I always say, there's nothing more beautiful than a being that knows itself. And in order to know yourself, you have to love yourself. And in order to love another, you have to love yourself. Mm. So if if you really want to embody love, you have to begin with yourself. And this comes with this union. One of the water tiger techniques is this mirror gazing where you sit in the mirror and look at what is. And there's many different twists and turns that occur on this ride. But um, but it's a very selfful embodiment. So water tiger is so you fully embody. There's a saying that if you don't embody your full life print, something or someone else will, because we're in a vampiric parasitic mm-hmm. system. So if you look at it like that and start to expand out, like how can I fully be present in the life print? Fully, fully, fully. And if I'm fully present and if I'm serving myself as the first a duty. The first responsibility is to myself. Every single event is, is this in the highest divine alignment with myself? Is, is this life affirming for me, right? And then once you're fully embodied, 
it flowers this immense compassion, unconditional love, energy, vitality, ability to lead, to hold, to share, to love, because you've taken care of the first vessel, which is this temple that we're all living in. Yeah, I'm... That's interesting about the vampiric piece. And I think social media speaks a lot to that. There's a lot of vampiricism that happens through technology and social media. How did you come to realize or understand like the vampiric nature of energy and how if we aren't in our fullest embodiment that that could potentially happen? Um, Through a lot of deep study with different mentors and teachers. And I have this sort of unique training of being a a modern shaman. So you may not know this about me, but I am, I uh, work with personal clients and also in my community. And so uh, I'm able to go down ancestral lines and take out like networks of miasm. So we can just look back Mm -hmm. thousands of years, um, the um, complete annihilation of the feminine Mm -hmm. uh, spirit on this planet, the feminine energy, and really everything about our world that is starting to be revealed to us now at this very profound time of transformation and of awakening. Um, So I see it in in the people that I mentor um, through forms of you know, the level of the amount of uh, sexual um, Mm -hmm. abuse and molestation in children. It's so prevalent. It's not even rare. It's actually quite Mm -hmm. common. So I would say probably over 90% of the people that I work with have been violated or molested as children, both both men and women. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you just look at that and you look around the planet and you look at how we treat each other and our earth and our animals and everything. And it's, it's evident, you know, it's quite evident. And also as humans, we are feeling empathic, a familial community, uh, interconnected, we're, we're relational and we are artists and lovers and healers. And so these acts that we see reflected in our humanity they're not human. Mm-hmm. They're inhumane. Mm-hmm. And we have been deadened. And I'm not, ble- I'm not judging or blaming anyone. Uh, it has been by design. And so it's not that, oh, the men are all bad or the, you know, the women are all bad or the, you know, or it's, it, it's beyond that. It's so beyond that. And so this is why it is imperative that we reconnect with the spiritual truth of who we are. Spiritual connection is one. It's not 59th. Mm-hmm. It's one. It's the first one. If you can make that connection, you know, like in Tantra or in Vedic lineage, there isn't a need for rules or dogma because if you're aligned with the being, I mean, just consider it. Consider a being fully sitting in who they are, embodied in who they are. They are going to naturally and spontaneously be in right action, right speech, right creation. No, they don't, you don't need someone to tell you don't do that. You wouldn't be in your makeup to do that. And every situation is unique and every individual is unique. And so what this time is on the planet right now is the uh, crumbling of that complete parasitic parasitic system Mm -hmm. and it's many other things. But it's the moment. It's the moment mm-hmm. that we took a body for, that we're waking up to experience together and rewrite together. Mm. Yeah, and I think just on the the one piece, it's like when we find ourselves with a culture and society that doesn't have spirituality as the first, 
in our in our from my perspective it feels like we search for that one so we make culture that god or we make all of these things sort of like our false idols and our gods because it's in our nature to be like a seeking being and to find or seek like a source or a spirit and so whenever i find people off the path or even myself when I was off the path, it was really because I didn't have spirituality as my number one or spirit or source as my number one. So then I fell victim or prey to other agendas or other ideas or other things that were really taking the place of like my God, source or spirit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and again, um, there is beauty in all religions. There is the, the truth that is a part of all of these systems and these systems universally have been manipulated by, mm-hmm. I'll say men. <laughs> I could say men and women, but I'll just say men. <laughs> um, and so they're, and they're confusing because they have some elements of truth, but they all also have uh, a lot of, um, a lot of manipulation and a, mm-hmm. a lot of darkness in them. And so, you know, a lot of times working with people who want to reclaim with their spirituality, I mean, a lot of people come to me who have, been raised in uh, very fundamentalist mm-hmm. religious lifestyles. And then they're relieved because what I'm presenting is allowing them their spirituality home mm-hmm. because it's a dogma free. Like even in my community, you know, somebody on social media like called me a fake guru and I laughed because I'm not a guru mm-hmm. and I'm very clear about it. Like I'm mm-hmm. not taking responsibility. I have my own life and my own responsibility. I am sharing experiences um, from my own experience. Like I always teach from my own experience um, and that is it. Mm-hmm. So in the community, and I stated at the beginning of every call, I am not taking responsibility. This is your responsibility. Your journey to self-realization will be completely unique to you and you alone. If these help you, beautiful this will not be forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like, I have four children of my own. I have my own little child that yes. I'm devoted to. And and I don't want, you know, I'm, I'm just not in it. I'm not in it. I don't want anybody else's energy. I'm mm-hmm. not taking your energy. And the, the, the tricky thing, and I've had many gurus and I, I have a lot of lifetimes in Vedic lineage and I love them deeply. And it's always a warning sign when somebody says, I'll take care of that for you. Mm. no, I'm not taking care of anything for you. You take care of yourself. <laughs> um, but when I was younger, when you're, you know, in other other times, you know, it's like, I think I think one of the other things is as humans, we want the quick fix. Mm-hmm. Yes. We, we don't want to take responsibility. Exactly. And that's maybe another portal into the whole ayahuasca craze, mm-hmm. which I'm, you know, I'm sure has some, you know, very expansive experiences and, and, also a lot of confusion around it. Mm. So um, I actually remember that was profound too, hearing you talk about plant medicine years ago together and talking about, I'll never forget, you were speaking to, you're like, I don't know what sort of portal or dimension that will open. Like I'm not completely aware and I, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but it was really profound because when you are tapping into that, you don't know what sort of technology lays on the other side. You don't know what sort of, dimensions you're opening yourself up to in a spiritual way. And it's not always safe to do things like that. No, it's very, I mean, it's very problematic. And especially in a modern culture where you don't have, Mm -hmm. you don't have a teacher next to you to be with you through the months as you're being, you know, it's like, it's like ripping the skin or the layer off Mm -hmm. of your being. And if you think there's a lot of 
light and dark going on in this realm, well, there's equally as much in any other system that you step into. Yeah. So unless you're a badass and you know, you know exactly what to do or you have a really great shaman, um, and a lot of people do. Listen, I have a really dear friend who had really profound experiences and you know, you hear this and it is not for everyone and it is, um, it's individual and there is a very real, very very real, very physical mm-hmm. reality. If you choose that, you may come back with more than you left with, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. yeah. I, I think too that the point about, you know, us wanting quick fixes is so right. And I think, you know, when capitalism kind of seeps into this spiritual experience, then that's kind of the, mm-hmm. what lights up on the radar. It's like, ah, they want a quick fix. And so, you know, for ayahuasca to become something that is so trendy, it just kind of loses loses the support, safety, education because they want it to be quick. They want it to be the thing that heals them of 30 years of trauma, depression, et cetera. And it just, I think that's a good point too about the capitalism because it removes it from nature, which is its original exactly. source. Yeah, and I feel like capitalism comes into... You know, we were just talking to Zach Bush about like agriculture. Mm-hmm. And once that comes in, it just kind of, it dirties it. And then we lose the the true source of fruit, I guess, that comes from the practice or growing this one thing. I'm not sure if you know this, but one out of eight couples struggle with infertility. It's kind of staggering. Most people don't know and or aren't ready to talk about it. And The thing is, we really need good data and information about our bodies in order to have informed conversations with our doctors and make the best decisions for ourselves and for our future. Sometimes we can be so lost in the shame of it all that we forget to really take action and figure out our best options. And that's why Modern Fertility was created. I've been having fertility conversations with a lot of you in my DM, so I'm excited to talk about Modern Fertility. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home, major, major, with a simple finger prick. You mail it in with a prepaid label, and you'll get personalized results within six business days, okay? And you'll get insight into your hormone levels, like your ovarian reserve, aka if you have more or fewer eggs than average for your age, and other important factors that can impact your fertility. Results really go deep into what every hormone means. And you can also download the results to review with your doctor for next steps. Just to give you a sense traditional hormone testing at a fertility clinic can cost over $600. But Modern Fertility tests the same general set of hormones at a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash almost 30, you can get $30 off your test. Plus you can get reimbursed for the test through your FSA, HSA. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, clinically sound info about your body can help you make that decision that's right for you. So right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $30 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash almost 30. This is limited time. So take advantage now. That means your test will cost $149, which is really, really great. Hormone testing at a fertility clinic, again, can cost three times as much. Get $30 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash almost 30. That's modernfertility.com slash almost 30. So you've been doing this for, for a while. It's like, how have you seen capitalism kind of come in and how do you protect yourself 
I don't know if that's the right languaging, but like, how do you kind of work with it and collaborate with it and stay true to who you are? Mm, that's a good question. Well, I mean, it's been it's been present, you know, for lifetimes, and uh, you know, it kind of is the thing uh, that is uh, driving all of the predatory anti-life practices on the planet, and yet. An alchemist uses everything, you know, so you can't, you know, and in my experience, mm. a lot of spiritually oriented people are very lacking in financial power. And so in the current situation, it is a, a resource that is needed to affect change. Yes. And so we really need to, as uh, those of us that are luminaries, that are way showers, that feel like we're um, rewriting a new way of being, we need to take the responsibility to clear out those blocks. Money is not bad. It's the way that it's used. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, every, you know, most places on this planet. So I think it's with that awareness of, you know, in a spiritual life, you know, somebody asked me, oh, my daughter actually interviewed me recently and said, you know, what do you, what would you change? And I said, I wouldn't change anything because in a, in a life connected to spiritual awareness, every single thing is divine even the horrifying things. So you mm. you receive the entire life, you know? And I think in a modern life, we're only looking for those Instagram quotable moments or, you know, looking for the good, like I feel bad. So, you know, what can I do to change the fact that I don't feel mm -hmm. good? Whereas if you just let yourself had one good depression, you might, you might wake up, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So again, it's about knowing energy is a, is a force and money is energy. However, I, I will point out that a lot of spiritual seeking begins with the subject of manifestation, which is a representative of our need to put our material needs into a spiritual form and think somehow we're going to escape the pain of life. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the reasons why I don't teach manifestation. And I find that to be a very sticky... It's not it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, one of the techniques in Water Tiger is alignment is the new manifestation. It's about mm -hmm. being aligned and embodied so truly that what is relevant to you is magnetically drawn and then you, you can choose to play with that or not. Um, but this idea that you're going to chant like, uh, you know, affirmations, uh, it, 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 it's it's not it that that's not spirituality. Um, and if you receive the life with devotion, then you will be abundant, abundantly held and blessed in many different ways. Um, but it might not look like what you think. You know, when I was in a very deep spiritual alchemization with my family, it looked like me not having a bank account, me not having health insurance. It, it looked like cars getting repossessed and it looked like not being able to pay my mortgage for five years. That's what that looked like. Mm. So I had to reframe it in that moment um, as one of profound abundance. Mm. And so I would tell people, I'm not a loser. I'm not a deadbeat. I'm in my sacred moment. Mm. And that's, mm. that's all we can do. Every event is neutral until you've applied perspective. So as powerful creators. We have that power to hold that lens and to put that story to it that colors it in a life-affirming way. Mm -hmm. um, and life isn't about having 
you know, like Eckhart Tolle said once, you might self-realize with a million dollars in the bank, but it's not likely. (laughs) (laughs) I love Eckhart. I'm going to remember that forever. (laughs) Eckhart is interplanetary, truly. Yeah, and and speaking of your sacred moment, that was something that was profound as well. It's just seeing how well you held the pose within the family structure. Mm. And within my family, it was like, if there was ever money issues or stability issues with jobs, it was like, there was no pose held. So to see a woman as the matriarch of the family doing that, I was like, wow, that was very expanding for me. Can you talk a little bit more about that? You know, really for the family being that space where you could just hold it together in a way that was true. Yeah, that was uh, that was something. Um, <laughs> I guess I would say it began, you know, rooted and merged in my my devotion to life and my my embodiment that each of us, our treasures are inside of our own hearts and that each one of us, if we want to know what to do, travel inside your heart and spend time with your being. Think of what you loved when you were six years old. And those are the things that need to be fed and nurtured and and nourished. Now, I found myself in a third marriage with my current husband, Rich. And um, I had two children from a previous marriage. And then we we were we got married when I was three or four months pregnant with our oldest daughter and then had another child after that. So I guess I can't tell you that I would have been as resilient if I had known it was going to take nine years. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that anybody else listening to this, that yours is going to be that long because we were rewriting a pattern, part of, you know, which was a dismantling of a financial system and also a dismantling about a way to be in partnership. And I was doing this alchemy for six individuals at once because if I had been on my own, it wouldn't have been that scenario. And now the field is much faster. So don't be despairing if you listen to this conversation (laughs) and you happen to be in a, I call it a sacred moment. It's when you're being dismantled and it's when the universe turns the faucet in the off position. Now, I had my first job when I was 12 years old. Funny enough, I worked the cheese board at Burger King. Wow. Of course. Did How did I know I was <laughs> going to end up having I a... I love that Burger King has a cheese board. <laughs> well, it was the cheese side of like all the sandwiches, right? <laughs> but they did. They called it the cheese you board. You made it fancy. Isn't that funny? Yes. That's so funny. So, it, and I'm getting a lot of that in my life now. Yes. I turned 59 last week and I'm getting a lot of those... Uh, those elements are looping in. Mm. And all I have to say is we are all so connected. And even, you know, things with my father that I never even saw before. And it's incredible. It's incredible. But anyway, the faucet was in the off position and I could feel it. Mm. And it's scary because you're like, oh my God. And then your friends are like, send out a bunch of resumes and and your body can't move because you know you could send out a thousand resumes and the faucet is off. Mm. It's it's an undeniable feeling that I'd never felt before. So, you know, I went into meditation. I was like, well, I've worked since I was 12 years old. I've given birth to four children. And what I told my family is that I was going to sit down and stop working because... I had four kids. Like, that's a good enough excuse, right? I just had a new baby, which didn't work that well because I couldn't really explain to them that I was going through this planetary process of 
of alchemy where I was seeing the planet dismantled and going through this very profound experience while being the mother of this family, while my husband was going through sort of a midlife transformation. And rather than tell him he needed to go get a law job, I knew the way through was if he served his heart. Mm -hmm. And what he loved to do was athletics. And he also was quite a quite a, like the nerdy kid that was beat up that had the Coke bottle glasses. He was never cool. And so he was a voyeur of all that is cool. So he knew every famous athlete, where they live. Like he, if you walked in a room, he'd be like, that's, you know, that's the two-time gold Olympic medalist. And, the, you know, he, he would know everything. I never know who anyone is. So I just knew that the way we were going to get through this was to serve our hearts, which made no sense. So mm. Um, there's more to the story, but we went through quite a lot of transformation in different ways. And and he started doing double Ironman races, eating plants. And I was creating music. And so during that time, I was recording uh, music with my two sons who were like, you know, young, like eight, eight and 10. And then, you know, we did it all the way for a seven year period. And that music kept me alive. It was the thing. And so, you know, I told Rich, he was so conflicted. And I would tell him, you train first, you see me and the kids second. And if a law job falls in your lap, then you just attend to it. And that's how it's going to go. And I remember at this one really epic point, I was like, you have to let go of the island to swim with me. Like, you've got to let go of that because this push-pull with law just Mm -hmm. kept buzz killing him. You know, it'd be the universe, like, give me a job. No, I hate that job. You know, it doesn't, doesn't work. Um, and then he finally let go and started swimming with me. I was like, that's a metaphor he can understand. Swimming. Yes. Swim, yes. honey. Yes. And then the help didn't come. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it was yes. just brutal. And, you know, we found ourselves like, you know, I remember one time we just broke down crying in Starbucks, just, just from the sheer pressure. Mm-hmm. I used to go to Starbucks hoping somebody would buy me a tea. I didn't have enough money to buy my own tea. And I would hope that I would see someone that would offer to buy it for me. And that happened a lot. And then I would feel the cup in my hand. And that feeling of the Starbucks cup in my hand, as stupid as that sounds, was my sign that I wasn't going to leave my body. It was like the Mm. one small way that I could be connected to this humanity that I was going through this immense transformation with. And so many magical, mystical, miraculous things happened. And, uh, and in the end, I mean, we were, we were like, we're on the razor's edge of, even, of either being completely annihilated and every decision we made being the wrong one to completely realizing all of our dreams. Mm. And we didn't know which way it was going to go. And I had to give it up to Divine Mother all the time, even in that state saying, well, maybe no one needs to hear my music. Maybe, maybe, we're, maybe it's really not significant. It really doesn't matter at all. You know, maybe you know, this isn't what our, what our life purpose is about. But in the end, uh, it all caught and we are realizing all of our dreams. Mm. Um, and life is still life. I mean, it's not like, you know, and now it's, you know, mm. we're still in our evolution and process and all that and privileged to be alive. And, I, and what that was, is it was a, an alchemy that prepared us to be worthy teachers. Mm. 
And that's what you heard mm-hmm. on that podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm sitting here. Mm-hmm. It's because we lived it and it became part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that can't be taken away from somebody telling me on social media, you're a fake guru. It's like, you know, <laughs> yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know? yes. It's just, it, it, it becomes something else. It's not like you read it in a book or you thought it was a yes. good idea. It's part of yourselves. And mm. that's the one thing Rich and I, you know, it became part of our DNA. And that experience drew us closer together because I wasn't putting my source on rich. Like you, you know, you have to provide for me and you're the guy and why aren't you doing that? Mm. It it was a different thing than that. It was about stepping outside of that violence Mm. and saying, if I'm a divine being and I get to serve my heart and that's the way through, then that's the way through for him. And none of it made any, no, first of all, no athlete makes money after Mm -hmm. a certain age. And he was not the fastest athlete. He was just an athlete, like an amateur athlete, really, um, in his 40s. And I was making music in my 40s with my kids. Like neither one of those things are, that's going to be a home run. But we just kept doing it and it kept informing things. And, you know, we live a pretty beautiful life Mm -hmm. that's ours, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, if I'm kind of putting this against as contrast to what so many people feel like they have to do, which is kind of hop on a track that is sure and will provide them the um, compensation to, quote, live a full life. I just find it to be like so otherworldly in a sense, like very new world-esque. Mm-hmm. And so it's inspiring that, as Krista said, you you both were able to hold the pose for long enough and have it serve as a model not only for your children... But now, obviously, in a more public sense, people are able to feel the just the profundity of of actually alchemizing every single moment of your life and not numbing out mm-hmm. in the midst mm-hmm. of it. Because I think that's what we're kind of served so often. Numb out using this mm-hmm. substance or go on social media or watch this TV show or what have you. So I just find it to be incredibly inspiring. You talked about rewriting how to be in partnership, which um, I just find really, really fascinating. What, what, what do you see as kind of the, the peak of that rewriting with you and Rich? It's now. It's now. <laughs> Say more. It's happening now. Yes. Uh, it, the, well, again, I mean, you know, I don't know. It, it, it was revealed to me through some of my mentors and teachers that my genetic was created to serve the masculine. It's not something my personality chose, but it, but I have over the years and Rich would even tell you that I have an inordinate amount of men that reach out to me and it's not in a sexual way. It's in a, it's in a help me, you Mm -hmm. know? And so he's seen it over, you know, many years, over 20 years that we've been together. And I just, you know, again, we're getting back to the money paradigm thing. So again, money rules the world, right? And we quantify people based on their bank accounts and we glorify them based on how much money they have. Even while the ones that have so much money could do so much good in the world and none of them do. Mm-hmm. And that's just evidence to me that they are embodied by something that is not human. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get weird on you or whatever, but I mean, if you had nope. the I mean- wealth, I know what you would do with it, right? Why yes. do they never do anything? I know. It's shocking. Shocking. So again, as we fall into this paradigm, I think is, and you know, I'm, I'm of a certain generation. So, you know, you guys might be more evolved in this right now, but 
at least in my peer group, it was like, you know, no, like the guy, like, it, like we sort of have an out because we can have the kids and then, it, and you know, we can have the kids like the hardest job, like in the universe <laughs> that they could never do one fucking second. So let's just say that. But still, you know, if you look at it and listen, I'm the mom of two beautiful boys, uh, extraordinary beings and musicians. And, and, you know, we all have masculine and feminine within us. And it's like, I don't want my my boys brutalized, you know, or meant to go into profession where they're just sentenced to a life that is unfulfilling and not evolutionary because they have to put a certain level of income on the table so that everything can look a certain way. Um, it's still hard for women, like much harder for women, it, just in general. We've basically been removed from the culture, you know, mm-hmm. which is something that is just blowing my mind, the the levels and the and the pathways of that. But I guess what I want to speak about is that I am I'm teaching a sacred sexuality workshop. I don't know if you guys knew that in mm-hmm. North Carolina. I was waiting for someone else to do it and nobody I finally realized I'm gonna have to do it. Mm-hmm. So the point is is I feel like we're in a moment of rewriting the way we're in relationship. And we see this in the culture coming up in all the gender fluid and, you know, all of the trans movement and just mm-hmm. the freedom and sexuality to not be pigeonholed into a certain identity. And I would say certainly present in my kit in my children, the younger ones, they have no desire to play out these fairy tale princess bullshit that mm-hmm. like we, you know, was infused into our time. But I think what where we are right now is we're at this moment of reclaiming our feminine power mm-hmm. as a spiritual force. The divine feminine power and the divine masculine power. Because the masculine power that has been operating on this planet is not in divinity. It is a reversal. Mm. So you, it's not as simple as, I mean, me too, yay. Like I have so many stories as does every single woman and no one is happier than me that that's being brought up for review, for reclamation to be called out. And it is not the solution to the problem. So if you fill into the energetics of just, uh, you know, of, of then calling someone out and punishing them. That's a punishing energetic in my being mm-hmm. that doesn't feel triumphant. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both have both of those energies within us. So one of the descriptions or ways you could view enlightenment would be the perfect balance of both of those energies into androgyny. So we are at a moment right now where we have to reclaim, we don't have to, but sexuality is our strongest force on planet earth. And, and probably beyond. Mm-hmm. And most of the planet is using it at a boss level of really mm-hmm. possession. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, like I always say, like if some like expanded alien race appeared and they were like, yes, and we went in their rooms and they were doing this weird thing, you know, <laughs> you know like, you know, and they call it masturbation. <laughs> like who made up that word? You know, it's just all so twisted. And really when you think of spirituality as creativity is spirituality, is sexuality is creativity is spirituality. It's a trinity of energy. And so this workshop that I'm teaching is about us looking at the history and, and, you know, it could go back. This history has been changed on the planet. Mm -hmm. So this history that we're talking about is not really the history. And I'm sure it goes down the rabbit hole, like many, many levels. Let's just start in the Essene, Yeshua, Magdalene time period. And you can identify a lot that was stolen from us as a divine founder race. I'm talking about humans, all of us, humanity. 
And this Christic energy, the Christ principle is one of holding the vision of the highest vibration until the reality vibrates up to meet it. But instead, you had this crazy religious, um, you know, reversal, basically, where they removed the feminine out of the entire story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, And literally, we were annihilated, murdered, burned at the stake for healing people with plants. Think about it. Mm-hmm. For an herb. And then look at the level of pharma that exists in our culture now and what is informing this entire scenario that we're in. And, you know, it's easy to get amnesia, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I was raised thinking I was a free woman. And I would even go beyond that and say, really, none of us have been. But the good news is it's happening now. So what this workshop is about, it's about looking at the history and just looking at what is. It's about a purification and a removal. Many of us have attachments in different parts of our bodies because of um, a violation or any kind of abuse, or maybe it's ancestral, or maybe, you know, so this is where these sexual addictions run. Also as human beings, when we just incarnate, we take on a level of the collective thing. So it's about Uh, removing this, clearing this, and then a reclamation of rituality around sexuality and what that means, and a sort of self-initiation and a re, like a a reclamation or a vow or a promise to yourself to shift your perspective and your embodiment of this frequency and understand that sexuality can be used to heal the body, to heal the planet, to heal waters. It's a it is the most powerful force that we have. And that's why it's been so preyed upon mm-hmm. and so twisted and so used. So I do not um, pretend to have all the answers of how this is going to play out. I just know that I can no longer enter into the sexuality that was of my generation or my age or, my, or the culture. Mm. And so I, I, this is a solo experience. It will be nobody touching each other. This isn't about having a great orgasm or any kind of tools. This is about the spiritual reclamation of this frequency as your greatest power. And I, I think it will be the beginning. Um, I picked this center because it can take large numbers. Is that an art of living? It's art of living. Yeah. yeah. I did a silent retreat Oh, there. you did. Okay, so cool. Good. So anyway, it's, um, we'll see what it is. Uh, it'll be the beginning because we're all going to rewrite this, this together. And it's not about Tantra. It's not about white Tantra, red Tantra. It's not about yogic sex. Mm. It's not about any of that. Mm-hmm. It's about the next level. Mm. Did you know that the drugs we take to manage period cramps were invented in the 1950s and exclusively tested on men? <laughs> what? It's literally outrageous that there hasn't been more innovation when it comes to periods. Deloon is changing that with dietitian formulated solutions that relieve our symptoms while actually supporting cycle health. Because our cycles affect every aspect of our wellness, period pain, mood, sleep, skin, metabolism, energy, and more. I, I don't know about you, but you know, some some months I'm like, oh my gosh, like everything has to stop, but it really can't because I'm experiencing, you know, really bad cramps or headaches, fatigue, bloating, you name it. I've really tried a lot of things and 
while I think I've gotten most of my symptoms under control, it doesn't mean they still don't happen and kind of disrupt my flow. So I was really excited to find Deloon and recommend it to a lot of my friends. And they have been absolutely loving it. I was talking to a friend the other day that experienced like really, really bad periods, cramps and just all these symptoms. And she was so happy uh, to try Deloon. She's noticed that her symptoms have subsided. They don't last as long. They're not as intense. And she can really just be in her life, which is really nice. So Deloon Nutritional Solutions are dietitian formulated to work with your cycle health, not against it. It'll help you all month long while also relieving your cramps and PMS during your period. Deloon creates effective drug-free supplements for period cramps, PMS, and optimal cycle health. So you can get the relief you need naturally, which I'm all about, and start feeling like your best self. So if you want high-potency, fast-acting supplements for your period cramps, PMS, and really getting your cycle health in its prime top condition, like 92% of their customers report that relief, try Deloon. Leave bad periods behind and start the new year off with 23% off. Go to cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. If Deloon isn't the right match for you, your money back is guaranteed. That's cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. That's so exciting and powerful. And there have been, and that's when I think about these times, I think about the polarity and duality and how like sex, when you have something that is so light and so powerful, oftentimes parasitic entities or non-human entities want to take the polarity of the positive, like through sex practices that are misused. How just on the duality piece of, and I was always curious actually through the year of 2020, how did you sort of operate Personally, spiritually, how did the family operate through such an interesting time? Well, I knew it was an event with many different perspectives. There are many different sides to it. It can't really be explained Mm -hmm. uh, from one perspective. And for me, it was an opportunity to go inside and to find stillness and to, you know, often I say that I think we all gained five years. Everybody I see looks amazing. It's like, you look amazing. You know, I mean, and yet there's a lot of people that are taking transition at this time. This is going to continue. We are not through it. And this is part of the evolution and the plan of this realm transforming into something different. I tell my listeners, you know, if I transition tomorrow, please do not reduce me to a COVID statistic because I am a sacred being and that will be my moment of exit. And I think that, you know, to know that through my my connections and my experience, that there are missions and teams of, of guides and spirits that are helping people, that are stewarding people out and understanding that we are eternal beings. Mm. So the death program is in this system. We are eternal life forms. Uh, we do not become extinguished or over we all have a certain life print, I like to call it, that we play out. And it is really the soul's decision how that goes. So there are many different ways that we can leave the planet. <laughs> this planet offers quite a few. <laughs> uh, 
But, you know, in addition to COVID, which has been, you know, massively uh, traumatic and I'm not separated from the suffering of my humanity. And, you know, it's a real thing. It is a real thing that is happening, um, that that is alive on this planet. And uh, there are there are just many, many other stories that I have of, oh, my friend's brother got up and died on the way to the bathroom. Like I'm hearing that stuff. I just heard something recently. Uh, someone's um, son just didn't wake up you know, just went to sleep and didn't wake up. So, you know, we have things happening all the time. Um, this exit point is a mystery. My mother is 90, almost 93 and like wanted to die like three years ago and she's still kicking it. So I don't know why, like she's done, like she's ready to go. And then, you know, beloved <laughs> um, companion of mine, Chief Golden Light Eagle um, transitioned last week <laughs> and, you know, he, he got COVID and I know this being, he is a multidimensional being. And, you know, so that's the avenue that his soul picked to get him out, mm-hmm. but he's eternal. And I can tell you that to the ends of the earth. So I guess I've taken it as a, an opportunity to consider what is important to cultivate a connection to spirituality. I think it's necessary for people to, you know, be drawn into that which is real. And what is real is that which is never changing beyond this body, beyond this life. So, and we've had a lot of family time. And also not everyone in my family is living this experience that I am. You know, I live a very different experience. So I also just pop in and be a mom and play music or make food. You know, all that is very divine as well. So, yeah. Does that answer your question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Just kind of this everyday popping in and out as like mm-hmm. kind of different uh, version sounds like not the word for it, but for the sake of this, I'll just say versions of yourself. But did you ever have to kind of integrate those? Did it ever feel painful to kind of quote, just be a mom and cook and, you know, like, was there ever that point of friction with that identity? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, when you're speaking, I'm just remembering of all the soccer games that I was just like, oh, like just... (laughs) You're like, I have to bring my oranges this time. my eyes out with pens now. (laughs) 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 You know, yeah, lots of that. And also lots of being, you know, the insane person with the bizarre perspective, you know. So, you know, I try to sit on the sideline and fit in. I try to blend in (laughs) as well as I can. I would love to see that. A little problematic, (laughs) you know. Even some of my friends today, they don't really know who I am. But I guess not, not in the personality, but we but we connect in another way. I just recently um, took initiation at the spiritual community of Domenher, which is in Northern mm-hmm. Italy. Mm-hmm. And um, they are a community of beings that celebrate the diversity of life. And they built temples to mankind inside a mountain in secret over a 20 year period. It's a 6,000 square meter of absolute wonder. It's called the eighth wonder of the world by the Italian government. And they are alchemists and they are uh, truly devoted to uplifting this planetary realm um, here and beyond. It was founded mm-hmm. by an amazing individual named Falco uh, Tarasaco. And he was a very much an alchemist, a, a very much a Harry Potter type figure, but in real life. And so it was, I've been connected to them since like 2008 in different ways, but recently in the last two years, it's become... 
um, more clear, very clear to me, my mission with them. Mm. And um, it's the only place that I can go on planet earth where everybody thinks the same way I do. <laughs> so mm. it's very relaxing and, and beautiful. it's not like you like everybody the same, you know, we have personality sure. preferences or whatever, uh, but it's really beautiful to sit with people that are, have the same sort of mm. vision and they're dogma free and, you know, religion free. I mean, you think about they formed in the Catholic country on the planet is quite profound. So they've been in community for over 47 years and there's 600 members and then thousands of members all over the planet, very international. And Shrimu, my plant-based, um, not cheese, uh, mission of, glo- of planetary awakening, the ultimate goal of her is to fund this next temple which is a living library of indigenous DNA on the planet, which affects all the species, Mm. all humans, plants, animals uh, in this realm. And it's an $80 million um, complex. They have all the plans, they have the permits. And so um, Shrimu, that's the big why of Shrimu. That's why I'm building a unicorn company and why I'm out you know, doing this. So yeah, that wow. helps me um, get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did, did Shrimu exist before the Y or did the Y cut? Which, which came first? Wow, so interesting. So yeah, I think Shrimu did exist before the Y because I hadn't, I had been to Dom and her and always spoke about it. Like I tell everyone about Dom and her. Like mm-hmm. if I'm in a cab, I'm like, hey, <laughs> you know, I'm on a bus. I'm like, hey, have you heard of Dom and her? Like you should look it up. And everyone should look it up. Go look it up right now. Yes, because what I'm I said to. is like, oh, so crazy. When you see these temples, you will mm. be like, oh my God. Wow. Yeah, I always just loved them so much and loved Falco and the way that he was, like the things that he cared about, like education, new education and alchemy. And he founded his first meditation school in Torino at age 22. And just the immense, uh, the immense being that he had to be in order to lead those people to stay with him for 47 years. I mean, humans don't like each other, first of all. Like we don't want to stay together. I tried to get two families to homeschool with me and I failed up, you know, a bunch <laughs> of times, but, you know, so it's not easy to do mm-hmm. that. And also I can't, you know, hang a picture on the wall and they built these temples that are full of art. Not only that, but in the walls, there's alchemical operations and fluids. Mm. And I mean, it's incredible. Mosaics, stained glass, all this stuff. So um, I was led to food very organically uh, to cook for rich. It was never on my vision board, although I'm a cancer. It was very easy for me to cook for 50 people. But I started feeding him as a love offering when I realized that he was like training these crazy hours um, and then that turned into our first cookbook, uh, which was Jai Seed, which fed us. And then we started with the proper books. And I, I, I developed over 500 recipes. It's, it's me, I'm the chef. And when I, when I had just finished the Plant Power Way, I'd done a very basic section on cheese. But these three recipes, I couldn't even get the dish out of the kitchen onto the table before the kids had just devoured it completely. So when I finished, I was like, I'm going to do cheese. But I still wasn't focused on, you know, a global empire. I just did this cheese is nuts. I created this book with, you know, 70 recipes in it. And I was absolutely blown away at what I was able to create by being open and childlike and available. Really, it show, it's really a creative demonstration of what's available, you know, in this, in this realm. 
And then afterwards, I took a long time meditating on it to really see if it's what I wanted to do. Because I had been in fashion before that has a lot of waste, you know, and I knew kind of what that whole thing was. But I meditated on it and understood that the planetary impact would be great. And that this was actually, finally, I had done something that was in the sweet spot mm. of being able to, to reach a, a billion dollar company. You know, I'm always the one that's doing, oh, jackets with like 40 individual pieces with hand done. You know, I'm always the one that's not with the really good scalable business <laughs> idea. So for once I did it. And, and so the, the customer reviews are insane. And it's a subscription, as you guys know. So it's a subscription service mainly. And uh, it's a global mission of, of awakening. And it's, I call it the next evolution of cheese. It's made with pure awareness, love for the planet, mm. pure ingredients. And I ate it many, many times. I have a very sensitive stomach. It just blesses your body. And you know, we have customer reviews of people saying that it healed their body. I know I can't claim that, but that's what they said. <laughs> and then uh, one of my greatest uh, reviews that I love is, Shrimu. I ate Shrimu and I felt like a better person. That's my favorite. Mm. Um, but then also someone just uh, wrote in, which was hilarious. She was like, my husband and I got in a fight because he accused me of hiding Shrimu. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't really know, but I'm telling you, it gives me, you know, I am here for this planet, for humanity, for the animals and, and not as um, just truly, like truly, truly, the privilege to be alive in a body, to go through this transformation. I want to remind everybody how sacred this time is. Mm -hmm. And there's so much beauty happening in the unseen places. It looks really ugly right now. And it is, but it's because we have to get through this step to start to create the beauty and bring in what is really true. We are all spiritual beings having a human experience. No one is more or less spiritual than another or more, no one is more or less loved or valued than another, but it is a personal choice and you do have to, you do have to employ your will. Um, so we are potentially divine. And the big question is, how are we going to do that? What will that look like? And the other big question is, who will we need to become in order to create this world of beauty that we were talking about? Mm. Oh, so that beautiful. Land. Mm -hmm. how does it feel you said you're turning 59 i did you I, did turn it's 59 done. it has happened so it's done. oh yeah cancer season yes cancer yeah. season so second saturn return yes exactly we started almost 30 obviously during our saturn return it's mm. kind of the impetus it's the big one mm -hmm. and Huge. yeah what have you what have you learned during this season and what, what are you taking with you, I suppose, as this cycle's serious moment? I feel like the Saturn return always brings mm -hmm. kind of this like, this reckoning of sorts, this refocus, this, ah, okay, mm -hmm. this is what's important to me. Mm -hmm. What is that for you? Yeah. So, well, a few things. I mean, I uh, convinced my Vedic astrologer to give me my death date which is not an easy thing to do. I love the start of the Jeez. answer. <laughs> well, first I, I got my death date. I love these conversations because I feel like so many people are afraid of death. And so yes. I really appreciate the kind of normalization of yes. the beauty of. Well, and also just to be clear, I mean, I might be afraid of death when I'm dying, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not afraid of the overarching death. Because what was I your know. immediate response to the, to the thing? 
when, to, they, when they shared the number with the you. date. Well, it was this funny thing. It was, did you guys know about Chakrapani? Did nah. you ever hear about him? Okay. Well, he's a legend. He's no longer alive. So we've missed him, but he, he's a notorious and like celebrated Vedic astrologer. And when I was growing up in yoga with Rich and we were at like Maha yoga doing mm-hmm. like funk, you know, yoga, whatever, everyone started going to Chakrapani, but they kept coming back just completely beaten up because it wasn't about, oh, you're so smart or you're going to, you know, you're so amazing and you're going to be so successful because the Vedic chart is actually showing you what is actually your life. And there was a lot of immaturity, you know, and young mm. people in that. So everybody's like, don't go to Chakrapani. Like I've been screwed up. I've been <laughs> fucked up for weeks, like since <laughs> I had that reading. And then later in my life, much later, I knew he was living in LA. And because I'm such a Vedic lover and have mm. had so many lifetimes in that in those lineages, I was like, I just want to go sit with them. So I booked this appointment and we went and had a hilarious appointment. So he kept looking at my thing and he would say like, your husband is very athletic and famous in a very niche, you know, specific thing connected to food. And I would say, I know that's true. And he would say, I know I'm looking at it. (laughs) And then he would tell me, you have no possibility of a good relationship with your father this lifetime. And I'd say, that's been my entire pain my whole life. Like that's true. And he'd say, I know I'm looking at it. (laughs) So I finally realized after the third time that he was like a scientist looking at these things that were actually true in my life. So then I said, when is my death date? And he wouldn't, he was like, why do you want to know that? Like, I'm not telling you. And I was like, no, I want to know. I go, I want to know. Because first of all, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a shaman of sorts, you know, we'll use that word loosely, but if you tell me it's tomorrow, I'm just going to do a ceremony and cancel it. So I don't believe that my chart (laughs) rules me. Mm. I just want to know what the, what the predisposition is in Mm. the chart. So then he wouldn't tell me, he wouldn't tell me. And then I was started asking him questions like when you die would the planet be positioned X. So I finally, through a process of elimination, I got to it. So it's about 24 years from now in that predisposition. So I really look at my life as this privilege of being alive. So how am I going to use those years? Mm. And again, getting back to water tiger and being very curated about, oh, what do I spend my time doing? So we all have the same amount of time in the world. So how are we going to spend that? So I think that's definitely something that is very present in my daily life. Like I'm never like just on autopilot. It's a, it's, this is precious. Like, and, and also my knowledge with Dominer of understanding that complexity, meaning the more things you do, Mm -hmm. see in our society, that's frowned upon, right? Like you should just do one thing Mm -hmm. and then you'd be successful. But in spiritual terms, the more things you do, the more evolution you, you throw off for yourself Mm -hmm. and for others. So suddenly I'm delighting in my myriad of projects and things that I'm doing. Um, uh, and I think the the main thing is being embodied in who I am and advocating for me first and starting to wonder like what what would like look like for me if I was fully embodied in in who I am and we're all hiding aspects of ourselves, mm-hmm. all of us, there are pieces. So as I bring those forth and I sit in this embodiment, what is possible? So I am open to the miracles of the body, of what the body will do, of what we will learn, that different abilities, senses, you could call them powers, maybe communion with individuals that have transitioned that you can't see in this realm. You know, many sort of processes also of art and alchemy, programming art for alchemical reasons, for 
awakening. Sound is another one for me. So I'm working on a lot of music, but also sound as a really profound healer Mm -hmm. um, and, and transformer connection with the planet, like the stones and the waters and the earth. And I'm excited for what's waiting to come in that hasn't come in yet because Mm -hmm. I have some earthly things that I'm going to wrap up. Like I have a couple memoirs. I have definitely one or two more albums. I've got a couple paintings that I'm finishing. I've got Shrimu, Global Awakening, Unicorn, you know, $80 million temple in Dominher. Um, But then what about the other aspect of me that is integrating. Um, So I just said, we're spiritual beings having a human experience, but really we're simultaneous beings having, no, we're multidimensional beings having a simultaneous experience. And so if we can start to identify those other aspects of ourselves, we can gain this great power by integrating those 12 into the 13th into one. And so it's it's, it's a beautiful playground, like quite open, The only thing that I would say is that I am eternalizing. I am not aging. And that doesn't mean that I'm chasing being 20, but I am eternalizing into the divinity of who I am, which is an infinite eternal being while embodied in form. And so I'm guessing there will be great miracles for many of us who are open to experience that. So I don't read books on parenting or aging or... I don't have a lot of mirrors around. Um, I, I'm here to f- be open to like a new vista, a new way. Mm. So beautiful. I think we can wrap it. I feel so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have your retreat happening. I already at Art of about Living. That. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I just want to make sure. So we got Art of Living retreat happening. Mm-hmm. You have Shrimu, mm-hmm. which is the subscription cheese box service. We have Water Tiger. Anything else? Yeah. Well, I just want to mention because I, I think your listeners are definitely my, my family, my yes. cosmic family as well. So part of my experience, if I can just share really, really quickly, is that I went into trying to raise for Shrimu in the old paradigm way. So I took 60 financial mm. meetings in the last wow. year and three months. In those 60 meetings, I saw four women and wow. they weren't even lead women. They were in the secondary position or behind or something. And I suddenly realized when I got to the end of it, I was offered 1.5 million for my next phase. And I turned it down. Um, I spent a day going, oh, someone just offered me 1.5 million. Hmm, how's that feel? Okay, no. But my point is, is I returned into that which I am, which I am an alchemist. And I came here for the magic carpet ride. And I'm fully... Um, ready to embody all that it takes Mm. to bring Shrimu to that level. And I want to do it my way. And if there's any a time, if there was ever a time where we can do it, it's right now. And so part of that is um, we're starting what we're calling a luminary sort of rollout. And it's much like maybe in the the inspiration of beauty counter, but where Mm. we're um, bringing boxes into luminaries where you have a cheese party and not cheese party. And uh, you get you know, like a discount on product and then you get a commission on all everything that you sell. And I really have a desire to build that community because for me, it's the place where I can share the spiritual wisdom and the expansion, all that stuff. So that's a new exciting thing that's connected to Shrimu um, and the subscription box. You know, we now have like five different offerings for that. So 
um, yeah, you can check all that out at shrimu.com or you can e- email do life at shrimu.com for more info on that. I love that. Cause I think, you know, the education piece is so important too. And for people to actually have it be a part of either what they talk about or share in their daily lives is like what makes it eternal, you know, rather mm-hmm. than just taking a million and a half and being like, okay, let's scale this really quickly. It's like, how do we, how do we build this through human beings who truly believe in what I've created? So I think yeah, that's it, really beautiful. Thank you. I mean, it became essential. And it was it was one of those times where I, it was a missing piece because I hadn't ever been to those kind of meetings with a product like mm-hmm. that. So I was like, oh, well, there's, a, there's an answer. <laughs> and then I realized there's no answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for I that. I love this. You're so welcome. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for inviting me on. It's lovely yes, to spend these so good. precious time together. Yeah, so lovely. Thank you so much for all your wisdom here. And then just forever in the ether. Mm-hmm. Um, we love you guys so much. We'll see you on the next one. See you on the Yay. next one. Bye. Thanks, Bye. loves. <laughs> Thank you so much, Julie Pyatt, Srimati. We appreciate you. You can find more at juliepyatt.com. Follow her on Instagram at Srimati. Her podcast is For the Life of Me. And make sure you check out Srimu, which is the first subscription box of plant-based cheeses. This is the future. I know. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to Almost 30 uh, or if you listen to podcasts so that our new episodes can just be in your box every single week. We appreciate and love you and adore you. Go to almost30.com to find more from us. Yes, we love you. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.